Welcome to Kindreds, a podcast for soul sisters. I'm Ashley Peterson. And I'm Katie Zay. We're kindred spirits talking all things faith, feminism, and friendship from our homes in the South. Black Lives Matter. Right now, police brutality, white supremacy, and state-sanctioned militarism are on full display in this country, Mm -hmm. and we will not be silent. Not now, not ever. We say their names. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Tony McDade, and countless others. Their lives matter. And at Kindred's, Ashley and I are committed to doing the work of anti-racism and dismantling white supremacy in our own lives, in our work as nonprofit leaders, and on the show. Which means this is a different kind of episode. We don't have exact stats, but we can safely assume based on our Patreon membership, our social networks, and the emails we get from listeners that our listenership is largely white. For our Black listeners... We can't begin to imagine the pain and exhaustion you have experienced and are experiencing in this moment. We love you, and we will never stop working to end white supremacy in our own hearts and in our world. So black and non-black people of color listeners, y'all can stop listening now because we're about to get real with our white listeners and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled content in a week or so. Now... For our white audience, we love you too, but we've got work to do. We are recording today on June 5th, which would have been Breonna Taylor's 27th birthday, had she not been gunned down in her bed by police officers who broke into her home without cause while she slept. As of today, none of the officers have been charged in her murder. We hope that changes by the time this episode is released, which will take a few days, but even so, we're asking all of our listeners to demand justice for Brianna. Use whatever resources or privilege you have to hold the Louisville, Kentucky PD and the officers involved in her murder accountable, and you can Google to find out specifically how to do that and donate to her family's GoFundMe or to bail out funds for protesters. If you follow us on Instagram, you may have seen that June 1st through 7th, we committed to the Amplify Black Voices Project, created by two black women, Jessica Wilson, who is a dietitian that I follow, and Alicia McCullough, a licensed mental health therapist. As part of that project, we muted our own feed and did not release original content. Instead, we shared content in our stories by black creators, activists, writers, theologians, thought leaders. Those stories are now pinned to our highlights under the BLM Black Lives Matter tag, which you can access at any time. We want to say now that this episode is not going to be a resource share. For resources, you can check out that Instagram story highlight, as well as our past episodes, White Feminism and What It Means to Be White. Now, the next step of the Amplify Melanated Voices Project is to act. So if you posted a black square this week or participated in the Amplify Challenge, you have a responsibility not to let it end there. So although we were muted last week on social media, we were not silent or passive in real life. And Katie, I'll ask you, what has your past week been like? I will say I am so grateful for our friendship and the work that we've been doing around issues of racial justice and white supremacy, because I feel like being able to talk with you and other Mm -hmm. white folks in the struggle has been really, really important because Mm -hmm. 
I've been thinking a lot on my end about what it means to show up and not in a performative way, mm-hmm. not in a way aimed at getting a pat on the back or recognition, but in a meaningful, faithful, impactful way as a minister, an advocate, and a white person. So one of the things I committed to do this week was to participate in a demonstration in Raleigh, North Carolina with my church, Pullen Memorial Baptist. And I will say my lead pastor, Reverend Nancy Petty, who is a white woman, has been at every single protest, well, probably ever, but especially in the past week. Um, That's awesome. And I'm, I'm so thankful for her leadership. So there were more than 300 of us lining this one mile stretch from our church building to the state capitol, each of us with a sign bearing the names of victims of racism and white supremacy. On my sign, I wrote Black Lives Matter, Breonna Taylor, and the words of the poet and prophet Audre Lorde, your silence will not protect you. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I've been reflecting on recently is the connection between how our systems have been responding or not responding to the COVID-19 pandemic, to police brutality that continues to murder black and brown people in our streets and in their homes, and to the violence committed against peaceful protesters in cities and towns around the country. How slow Mm -hmm. our systems were in responding to protect public health And we already know that COVID-19 is disproportionately affecting Black people and other people of color, including George Floyd, who had COVID-19 in April. And yet how quick these same systems have been in going to war against those same communities. Yes. So we have ample resources for violence and war, but not enough for human flourishing. This is outrageous. And a wake-up call that the systems of white supremacy, patriarchy, and Christian nationalism hinge on the disposability of black bodies, brown bodies, old bodies, poor bodies, trans bodies, disabled bodies, immigrant bodies, frankly, all of us. Yes. You are so right. Everything we're experiencing as a nation at this moment is connected and white supremacy is at its heart. And... Like you, I've been reflecting a lot on what it means to show up as a white person. This week, I've been strategizing how I can use my platform and my resources that I have available to me as a nonprofit director, and not just now, but how I can continue to do that over the long term. Mm -hmm. Most of the supporters in my professional network are white. So I'm putting together a study group with your help, Katie. We've been talking about how this is going to look of people committed to working through Me and White Supremacy by Layla F. Saad, which we have talked about on this show before. I've also been in conversation with white people in my life who are just waking up to this and trying to figure out where to start. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but something I've been grappling this week is the image that many of you have probably seen circulating. The image of our president using military force on peaceful protesters with tear gas and rubber bullets, all so he could take a photo in front of a church holding a Bible. If that doesn't sicken you, Mm -hmm. if that isn't a metaphor for everything that's wrong with white American Christianity and the fact that white Christians have not risen up in mass to protest this, I don't know what is. 
Mm-hmm. White church, we are complicit in white supremacy. Absolutely. I shared in a Kindred's Picks episode a few months ago about the devotional Christ Our Black Mother Speaks, written by theologian Christina Cleveland, and I want to read an excerpt from it today. But before I read it, I want to point out that this book does not center whiteness. It is written for black women. But the reason I think that white people should also buy it and read it is because we need to learn that we aren't the center of the universe, and we are certainly not the center of the divine universe. So you can download a digital copy for $18 at christinacleveland.com. So this is from her book, Christ Our Black Mother Speaks. As I walked the Quaker Meadows plantation nestled in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, this question, once launched at me by one of my white Southern Methodist good old boy Duke colleagues, taunted me. This particular colleague, after reading my resume and discovering that I attended an Ivy League school, concluded that I wasn't black enough to be the reconciliation professor at Duke Divinity School. I mean, Dartmouth? Do you even know what oppression is? He taunted. (sighs) Though I haven't seen this colleague in months, I could feel my body tensing and the resentment resurrecting as I recalled our conversation while walking these plantation grounds, this land that institutionalized a white man's right to tell a black woman about herself. The ease with which my white male colleague decided that he could tell me about my blackness reveals a truth, that his ancestors owned my ancestors. My ancestors' blood, sweat, and tears watered the very land on which his ancestors amassed generational wealth and power. It's in his social DNA to think he owns me, to talk to me like I'm some fraud and not his esteemed colleague to resist any information about me that doesn't keep me firmly in my subjugated place beneath him to treat me like his enslaved property. What began as a contemplative walk didn't turn out to be so peaceful after all. As I walked, I seethed, my gut tightening, my breaths became shorter and shallower. How dare he? I huffed and puffed. Next time I'm on campus, I'm going to confront him. If I don't do it, no one will. Whoa. It's astounding how quickly my resentment descended into bleak isolation. If I don't do it, no one will. I'm all alone. It's just me and centuries-long oppression going head-to-head. Wow. White listeners, I chose this excerpt because it shows just how bad of a job we're doing in standing in solidarity with our black kinfolks. Not only have we left them alone to defend themselves against centuries-long oppression, but we are their oppressors. And by we, I mean all of us white so-called progressive allies. And the world will never heal until we confront this truth. I'm so glad that you've read that out loud because I had read the words on the screen and I had not heard them. And the the carelessness mm-hmm. and the casualness mm-hmm. of this good old boy saying these deeply painful, offensive, slavery-inducing words is mm-hmm. just maddening to me. And I'm I'm so thankful. I need to go back and read that book again. 
Mm-hmm. People want to act like microaggressions aren't a real thing or it's some like political correctness or something like that. But this is a microaggression and it shows how microaggressions are real aggressions. It's violence. It's just small. Yeah. It's a thousand little cuts, you know? Right. Yeah. The depth of what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And I think just to reiterate what you already said, that to those of us who identify as white and Christian, we have to own up to the intentional and historic entanglement of white supremacy in the white church. Yes. We have to be willing to own up to our church's role in creating, mm-hmm. perpetuating, justifying racism, often in these days by simply remaining silent about it. Yes. Okay, so we have acknowledged this truth. Then what? Then what? That's the question. Yeah. If, you, if you're like us, if you identify as white, or if you have white privilege, mm-hmm. um, you may be feeling all kinds of things right now, um, and you should be. It could be anything from denial to anger to overwhelm to outrage, like we're feeling, to mm-hmm. confusion or some combination of those things and others. So first of all, we affirm your feelings. Go ahead and feel them. They're mm-hmm. not going anywhere until mm-hmm. you feel them. They're part of the process. Absolutely. Identify what they are. Journal about them in your private journal, <laughs> not yes. on a blog post. Yes, not on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is not a journal. That's right. Process them with your white friends, please. Not with your black friends. Mm -hmm. They're exhausted. And honestly, if you don't have anyone white to talk to who you know is going to be supportive, because that's important. Yeah. You can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com and we will be there with you. Yes. We can hold that with you. Please let us do that. But then please don't get stuck there. Don't get stuck in your emotions, process your feelings, and then get to work. Read, listen, learn, or as Rachel Cargill says, unlearn. Yes. Take meaningful action guided by the leadership and strategy of Black movement leaders. Let's do the work. So as Ashley said, we're not going to throw out a bunch of resources to you. Plenty of folks have already compiled lots of amazing lists that you can find online. You can go back and listen to our white feminism and what it means to be white episodes. Start small. Take one practical, meaningful step. Don't expect instant gratification or a pat on the back for your effort or even to feel better. Yeah, that's true. Expect to make mistakes, to learn and to do better. That's what we're all doing. Mm-hmm. And keep going. Keep going. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, kindredspodcast.com. That's kindreds with an S. Or you can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com. You can also follow me, Katie, on Twitter at Katie Zay. That's Katie with an E-Y-Z-E-H. Please send us your thoughts, ideas, and questions. We'd love to hear from you. 